0: Recorded for January 19th, 2019. This is the Metaphysical Connection News of the Week with Jason Cousineau. This time, Jason Cousineau and I, Eric King Fisk, share William Arkin's departure letter from NBC and how it affects the rest of the news media. Then we go to the non-controversial Gillette commercial. Facebook's 10-year challenge. More chatter about the Pentagon losing trillions of dollars. And the new story of Amazon employees spying on ring users. Then Jay goes crazy over a story about bigger boobs. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keep this show and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the Patreon link, and for a mere dollar a month, you'll get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Special thanks to all of you who support us already, and thank you for our future contributors. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Just when I got hey. the thing all warmed up and ready to go, there's Jay. I got the Here we go. Just, <laughs> just when you thought it was safe.
1: I'm
2: reading this article that you sent me from yeah. uh, William Arkin.
0: Yeah, um, his open letter to the media about why he quit working for MSNBC. It's a long letter, and we're linking to it on our Metaphysical Connection uh, Oh, show page for this episode. And i I, I like, what, oh, what's Saturday? What is Saturday? It helps to have Saturday's a... Saturday's the 19th. Saturday the 19th. So the show notes for... January nineteenth, two thousand and nineteen. I can't believe the first month of two thousand nineteen is almost over. Well, not really. It's it's closer to the halfway mark. Yeah. Um. It's it is it is a long read, but the thing is, is that you can punctuate every paragraph with that. Um, with Eric told you so. Eric told you so. The media. Yeah. The media. The media are just corporate whores and
2: mouthpieces for the deep state. Well, here's the other thing. I mean, he basically admits that in here, but he also tries to elevate himself being above it. But the fact that he's proud of the fact that he's, he was one of the first to declare there are no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, in spite of the fact they did find. Literally tons of weapons of mass destruction in Iraq.
0: What they don't like telling you is yeah. that they found all the material it takes to make weapons of mass
2: destruction. In this little and town, they found the labs needed they, to turn them into weapons of mass destruction. And
0: they found all the equipment.
2: Yeah. And they a found lot. It all.
0: And the thing is, is that the reason why we know it's, it was there is because we sold it, to, it to them. It. Yeah.
2: We know where they got it. We have the receipt because, you know, they paid us well.
0: Now, now, Um, now, well, one caveat to all of this, Jay, and we have to say this is that they had the material, the space and the machines necessary for making weapons of mass destruction because we sold it to them. Did they Mm -hmm. have it all ready to go and ready
2: to launch at a moment's notice? They found they found some ready to go, but not ready to launch. So, yeah. Um, and this is going on my memory, and of course, the internet being the way it is, you'd you'd be hard pressed to actually find something that isn't right. biased one right. way or the other on it. But, and this is one of those rare occasions where the biases involved directly oppose each other to the extent where, yeah. yeah. There is no easy middle ground you can find and identify that as being the gr- the grain of truth that exactly. survives between both biases. Exactly. Um, from talking with people that I know that were over there, they did find weapons, literally weaponized versions, weaponized yeah. mass destruction. Yeah. They did find them. Yeah. Um, as to how much, I don't know. Yeah. I know it was found. I don't know what quantities there were. Yeah. But... In regards to this article, though, I find it interesting that he is lambasting the entire news and media over something he was a participant of. Oh, yeah. While trying to place himself, elevate himself above it, which is interesting. Yep. It's interesting. Yeah. this winter I'm proud to say that I'm put it that I've put the finishing touches on a nine eleven conspiracy novel that I've been toiling on for over a decade. Yeah. Okay. So it's a conspiracy novel? I mean, I hope he means it's a fictional novel. Well, that's
0: what a novel
2: usually is. Mm, yeah, but not always. Not always, but usually. I mean, true crime novels are still novels. Right. Novel yeah, we, is oh, just yeah. a, a yeah. body of work that composes a certain length. So. It's been told in a story form, as it were. Um, not always, yeah. but yeah, usually. Um, the, the publishing industry recognizes a novel as something that's over 80,000 words in length. Yeah. A body of work over 80,000 words in length. That body of work, like, for example, the findings of the 9-11 commission yeah. are a novel. Okay. There's not really a story in there, but it technically is a novel. Okay. And it was published as a novel, a political novel. Yeah. So, um, I think so this you, there's an ad- this article. Yeah. Interesting.
0: This the letter in explaining why um, uh, Mr. William Arkin is mm-hmm. no longer working for NBC in his letter, his departure letter is I think is very telling and very damning. Um, yeah, it is. It, and it, it is like um, perfect example. Is how, how come the, everybody wants an end to war, except for when you have um, uh, the orange amphibian that we elected to office says we want to leave. Um, uh, we want to leave Syria. That somehow that's a bad thing. That's a horrible thing. Right. I don't understand what it
2: boils down to is it's it's Trump derangement syndrome. They just want to oppose everything. Even, I
0: mean, even if he said, kittens are cute, water is wet, and um, the metaphysical connection and the Fedora Chronicles radio show are both his favorite podcasts. People would insist that he's wrong if he stated right. absolute total facts, if he had come out and said, if, if Donald Trump came out and said, listen, I know I'm brash. I know I've made mistakes. I know I come off as a little crass and crude. They'd say, no, he's wrong. He's wrong. He's lying to us yeah. again. Yeah, I mean, it's and it, the, it would draw, also drives me crazy is my senator here in New Hampshire, Gene Shaheen, Probably she she's of, still Senator? One, oh, one of the most anyway. lo, one of the most loathsome people that I have ever encountered in politics. The woman who has an enemies list and she targets bloggers and journalists who say bad things about her and her corrupt husband, Billy. Mm-hmm. The woman who will go after anybody who calls her on the carpet for throwing the, the 2016 primary, when overwhelmingly people chose one candidate over another, she, she and her husband and her other superdelegates gave half the win to their good friend and confidant. This woman doesn't care. She doesn't care about poor people. She doesn't care about people in need. She doesn't care about anybody except for her crony capitalists, unless she can make a, a, a political point about it. She doesn't care about homeless veterans. She doesn't care about yeah. the opioid crisis. She doesn't care about the uh, the brain drain where uh, uh, smart, intelligent kids who went after they graduate high school or college flee to other places because there's no opportunities in yeah. in New Hampshire. She only, only talks about these things when she can score political points against her opponents. That's the only time she cares about the important issues. If she can lambaste and point out something bad that somebody else is doing, then she cares about her constituencies.
2: Well, that's, I mean, she learned from the best on that. Johns Forbes Kerry. (sighs) Yeah.
0: He and didn't like do a so many thing in
2: office, he was in there for twenty fucking years. Like
0: so many other politicians, they don't care. And one of the things that I I, I found horrible and strikingly bad, where Gene Shaheen went out and said, essentially, war in war is good. We need to stay in Syria in perpetuity. Yeah. Because of the dangers that it may cause to the United States, and she has not made an issue about the opioid epidemic or or drugs flowing into this country until she can write something and blame somebody else, and then well she, not to somebody else, then she'll, else. Ta- then she she'll can talk blame about
2: the other side.
0: She can blame yeah, I mean she'll blame she will blame the other side, but it's it, but the thing is is that. And i followed this woman for almost 15 years now. i followed her. Um, Jesus, how, how long ago was the whole Monica Lewinsky scandal? Was that 20 oh years gosh. ago? Was that 20 years ago, Jay? No. Because the trouble between Jean and I started when I called her out. We were working together. It was 97. Oh, holy so yeah, yeah, over 20 years ago. And she was, I think she was governor of New Hampshire at the time. And she was at a town hall meeting. And I had said, I, I you know, and I pointed out some things that she had said. Where if it's like if it's a Republican that was accused of sexual harassment at the workplace, that person should obviously be fired. But if it but if it's one of her own, well, let, 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 it's all about their personal lives. It's all about their personal lives. She's very inconsistent about that. Yeah, I wow. don't even know why the how, how does how does, this, how does this so the so we started, we 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 are actually talking about William Arkin and I'm trying to rein uh-huh. us in because we have limited time. William yep. Arkin, uh, have you started recording? I oh we've been you rec- have been recording for ten minutes now. Oh okay, cool. All right, all right just, just one. <laughs> <laughs> but the thi- sometimes you can't tell. <laughs> but the, but the, but Jay, the thing is is that he had said that. They are for war mm-hmm. when a Democrat starts it. They are for war when a Republican wants to end the war. Any yep. war a Democrat starts, and this is this is from William Arkin, probably one of the most liberal, borderline socialist, um, reporters Commentator. commentators. Yeah. You can imagine any saying. Basically, that people like um, Rachel Maddow and Keith Oberman, Lawrence O'Donnell, all of these uh-huh. all of these people have one thing in common. It's about cheerleading the left and demagoguing the right, no matter what.
2: Yep. Even if it means reversing a previously stated opinion.
0: And and he that's it, and almost you took that almost word for word. Out of, his, um, yeah. oh, out of his open letter here. Out of his open letter here.
2: Yeah. It's just, it, it's a very condemning article or letter that he wrote because it's technically it's an open letter. He just yeah. published it so that everybody can see it. Um, it's it just, it's just,
0: it really it's shocking it's shockingly bad it's shockingly it's not bad as in it's poorly written it's a it's condemnation Um, over his own industry and the company that he he'll never find he'll never find work again Jay he will never um, he will never find work again in the mainstream media after what he well, wrote
2: the good news for him is that largely he doesn't need to <sighs> yeah I guess well, what it, what it boils down to is that in today's world, the news media doesn't serve the same purpose it used to. Part of that is because of the technology that's out there. Part of it is because yeah. of podcasts like ours who are more normally of a political nature than, yeah. than I mean, we, we talk mostly about metaphysical stuff. We do yeah. a foray into politics. But um, There's bloggers out there. People are, there's a lot of different alternative information streams other than the national news or cable news. And they're starting to lose their viewership and their readership as a result of it. So, you know, I mean, he doesn't need them as much as he used to. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to monetize it cuz he's still going to need to pay the bills and stuff, but I'm under the impression that that's not really that difficult of an issue. You know, I'm looking at him, he's got a he's on WordPress yeah. right now. Yeah. Is where, you know, you link the article to. Yeah. WordPress is free. It's not costing him a bloody thing, except for the electricity it uses to power his computer and the internet he needs to connect to it. Yeah. So, um hopefully he's established himself well enough financially where he doesn't need to make as much money as he used to. Yeah. But you know, you have people like this who have, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with his political positions, but you cannot deny that the man is an expert of sorts in what he does. Yeah. And now he's part of the pajama mafia, the, the, you know, what was it that Dan rather called them? Some guys in pajamas sitting in their basements. Those guys are now doing better than, the company that Dan slaved for for 30-plus years. Yeah. So Uh, his departure letter from NBC is both condemning of NBC and the news media in general, as well as a declaration of irrelevance, that they're not as necessary to our lives as they used to be, which is what I find interesting about it. I think it's
0: uh, extraordinary how um we've reached the point where anybody can start a website and a podcast if they're willing to invest some time and money into it and read what's on the news and say i'm not buying this i'm not this i think that this is this is nonsense or this is something that everybody should be focusing on and this is something that was swept underneath the rug and that this is something that everybody should be talking about. Everybody should be talking about this letter from William Arkin. Um, And we should have talked about it sooner. I actually heard about this on the Jimmy Dore Show, which is a podcast that I've been listening to. And he's somebody who I would not have listened to if it wasn't for the fact that um, he was on another podcast that I like to listen to. And he was talking mm-hmm. about, listen, th- it's not a matter of left and right. It's not a matter of... Um, one party is better than the other. It's about what we really should be focusing on is how we have all been duped into believing one side is better than the other. And it is like what we're really looking at is it's no different than Mr. Rogers' land of make-believe. Whereas you have two puppets talking back and forth to each other, Arguing. Two puppets having a heated debate over something. And somebody's like, Timmy Timmy the Cat makes a really good point. Yeah, but King Friday also makes a really good point. You know, I think King Friday's right. No, Timmy the Cat's right. And you realize it's Mr. Rogers who's the puppeteer. Now, Mm -hmm. this is a bad analogy. The people that you see are the puppets. It's the people who are pulling the strings and making their mouths move behind the curtain. Those are the people you really ought to be concerned about. These are the people who are saying, "This you need to say this, and you need to say this. You know what we need? We need a government shutdown. Find a way to shut down the government
2: for a month. Um, well, here's, here's the problem with that, though. Yeah. Um, that implies a purposeful... Design behind things and I disagree that there is one. I don't think there is a, a a Person or a group of people who are intentionally giving orders. I think what's happening is you've got You've got a stage show yeah. To carry on with your analogy you have these puppets on stage but There really isn't a puppeteer the the, the show has taken on a life of its own and continues to have these arguments yeah, for no reason because there's nothing going on behind the scenes to direct it any differently. Yeah. So it's while the show is using different lyrics or using different a um, uh, different script, it's the same sto- story. It's the same show that's been going on in perpetuity, simply because it can't do anything else. It's more like it's 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 the ghosts of a stage show that. Are finding somehow different things to say but there's it all boils down to the same thing it doesn't matter if you vote Republican it doesn't matter if you vote Democrat the Democrats and Republicans are not who you think they are they're people who are serving their own self interests and their own self-interest is to maintain their power that they believe that they have yeah and that's that's just it and and People don't want to think that. They want to think that you know. Well, when I'm voting, I'm actually doing something. You are doing something, but you're not doing. You're not accomplishing what you w- would like to think you're accomplishing. Simply because we don't have the people in place that are capable of doing it. Yeah. All of those people who voted for Trump, thinking that they're going to put an end to the corruption in Washington D.C., were deluding themselves. Oh, absolutely. That's why I didn't vote for Trump. Trump is no different than any of the other talking heads in Washington. No, he really isn't. And he, and, and here's the thing I keep hearing over and over again.
0: Trump didn't, Trump was not created in a vacuum and neither was Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton. None of these mm-hmm. politicians are created in a vacuum. They are a response to a much larger, bigger problem. And talking about this and I, and I'm going to, I want to actually get John Pica to come on the podcast and talk about the super villain summit. And so this is something that I'm kind of getting involved in to some small extent and talking about how do you become a how do you actually become a supervillain? How did I become a supervillain? And the thing and the thing is, is, and you laugh and I'm I'm thinking about this because the thing is, is that there's a guy out there who had said that whenever he's watching Raiders of the Lost Ark and it's in the in the streets of Cairo section part of the movie Mm -hmm. and the thing is is that there's a guy in a white suit a dark tie and a gray fedora when he turns the corner entering in the doorway he says every time he sees that he's reminded of me and and the thing is is that what he's really trying to say is not lost on me because he's talking about like a nazi agent and this guy Mm -hmm. is trying to infer that somehow i'm some kind of a nazi agent like Mm -hmm. i'm some kind of a nazi And I'm wondering, I wonder how did he get that impression? I realize, I talk about self-reliance, Jay. Mm -hmm. I talk about don't rely on the system to take care of you. Don't wait for the government to fix what's wrong with the world. Learn how to take care of yourself. If you are poor and you're struggling, put more money into educating yourself than you do entertainment, and learn like the basics, like how to take care of yourself. Learn how to change a tire, start a fire out in the woods. Um, learn how to create, make, make shelter or find shelter if you get stranded or abandoned. Just do these things to take care of yourself and your kids and your family. And don't judge other people by their appearance, like their skin color, their religion or creed. Judge people on how they behave. Do they act like an if they act like an asshole and they talk like an asshole, they're probably an asshole. But somehow somehow to this guy, somehow I'm a Nazi. And on top of that, his wife still looks to me for approval. Eric, do you think I'm still pretty? Eric, do you think I'm still able to cut it? Eric, do you still think that I'm a good person for more than 15 years? This person keeps looking to me, not her husband for approval yeah. and a, a, affirmation that she's a good person. How did I become a super villain is what I well, wanted here's, to know.
2: Well, here, here's the thing, right? Um, I like to write fiction. And the truth is believable villains are not the the mustache twirling black barts of the nineteen thirties and the nineteen teens and the nineteen twenties. Believable villains are villains who don't worship evil. They think they're doing good. And right. that's something where we have to remember that everyone from Hitler and Pol Pot and Ivan the Terrible and um, all of these Tin pot dictators throughout history, right? Even people like Genghis Khan felt they were doing the right thing Yeah. for whatever reason, whatever it is that they were doing, they were doing the right thing, right? Um, you could even throw to some extent um, like Andrew Jackson and the whole Manifest Death, Destiny thing in there, right? Because um, he, even though he didn't write Manifest Destiny, he definitely took it to the extreme. Um, these people did despicable evil things because they thought they were on the side of good. All of the explorers who did all of that, those vile villainous things to the Native American peoples who are here did so because they thought they were serving God. They thought they were doing the right thing. Right. So because of that, it's easy for us to then become... The villain in someone else's story mm-hmm. because all we have to do is disagree with them on some very fundamental and simple things, and we become that villain, right? Now, you espousing that every person should be able to do certain things on their own, they should be independent, they should worry about their own stuff, and then that way, there they can better help others or better be of use to others. That to them goes against something with inside of them. So that's what makes you the villain. He uses the term Nazi simply because he knows that th- that's one way of pushing your buttons. And everyone, you know, villains, yeah. I mean Nazis, they're they're the best villains. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. In in our in our way of thinking. So that's why everyone becomes a Nazi. You know, I find it interesting that in the last 20 years, every political party has pointed out their oppo- their opponents and declared them a Nazi in some way, shape, or form. The right does it with the left, the left does it with the right. Yep. We all know Nazi equals bad. Yeah. Um so it all depends on what you're opposing them on. And Nazi doesn't really mean Nazi anymore. It just means you're the bad guy. You're exactly. the villain. you're the evil guy. Exactly. Um personally i i you know if you do have john on i'd like to i'd like to be on that podcast if if it works yeah. out timing wise yeah because i find it fascinating um the sort of things he deals with in the entertainment industry because he's he's local but he's um he's kind of big time local if if you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. and i'm 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 involved a little bit in the entertainment in in my area but I'm very very small time I'm my peripheral small time in that I know people who are in the industry not that I actively participate in it myself yeah and I find it fascinating to see what's happening to him in his part of the world is similar to what you see playing out in Hollywood except he doesn't have as many reporters reporting on it he's the one talking about it yeah so I, I find that fascinating but yeah, uh, this, this letter, to kind of bring it full circle, um, I find it very interesting because he's a guy I don't agree with. Yeah. And he, he's seeing issues within his own career, within his own environment, really, that you and I have been talking about since Fox, since we first met back in the 90s, for fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah, um, I find that really illuminating. You and I, so in one of the per- first podcasts we we, we recorded together, yeah, yeah, we were talking about Dan, Dan rather, yeah, and, and his efforts to bring down what he saw as an evil thing by doing by betraying everything it meant to be a journalist, right? By and putting, still believing he was right to do it
0: by putting forth a story that he knew was bogus, yeah, and his, and the famous line was, "Well, the facts are wrong." But the story but is the story true. is true. I thought that that was like that's it. It's over. How could you ever listen to anything he could ever say again? And it was and yet he made a comeback. I, but <sighs> he's not the he household did. name that he you know I've I, I have yet to see him. I have yet to see anything that and that's neither here nor there. I have yet to see anything that he's done. I again, and, and it, I, I, you have to go and look and find Dan Rather. It's not, he's not in your face on CBS anymore, but no, oh no, he's not. Well,
2: CBS is not in your face anymore either.
0: No, and I mean, none of the news organizations are quite in your face anymore. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we're, we're, our news is more gravitating towards personalities, it's more about Bill Maher, or Glenn Beck, or. Uh, the fine young turks or yeah. yeah the young turks not the fine young turks the, the, the young turks fine I was thinking fine young cannibals for some reason. <laughs> not the Turks or cannibals, but you know yeah. just kind of in my head. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um you know the Ben Shapiro's of the world, all of that were more drawn towards the personalities, yeah. which is something that I think stems from network television. Because yeah. it was Tom Brocon, Dan Rather, you know, it was those sorts of things and then You had talk radio come out and you had the Rush Limbaugh. You had um, Don Imus. You had uh, the heck was his name? Howard Stern. Yeah. You know, and so we were drawn to these personalities and the 80s really pushed forth that cult of personality. And I think now that that concept is in the social consciousness, we're still gravitating towards that. We're just applying it more to news now than anything else, because ironically, in the media world. You know, a name does not draw people out into the movie theaters as much as it used to. Yeah. It used to be, you know, oh, it's the new Humphrey Bogart movie, and then thousands, if not millions of people would flock simply because Humphrey Bogart was in it. Regardless of whether the movie was good, it was going to make a fuck ton of money. Right. Nowadays, you don't really have that anymore. I mean, Daniel Craig can be in a movie, and people be like, meh, maybe I'll go watch it. Right. You know, Tom Cruise, he's one that... He's he's at the tail end of that. He used to be able to get asses and seats, but not so much anymore. Jason Momoa, kind of, sort of, not really. I think he's sort. I think he is slowly starting. Yeah, but not nearly to the extent that he would have had he been as big as he is now, say fifteen years ago. Yeah. You know. Um, Yeah. So it's. I, I find it interesting that we're we're. Being drawn to the cult of personality in terms of politics and news, and less so for entertainment. Yeah, but anyways,
0: speak. So, see, I think I, we I, beat that dead horse. I think we. So, <laughs> but here's another dead horse that I think is still worthy of beating. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another news story about the Pentagon, mm-hmm. and I think it's worthy to bring it up again. This is another. Another timetable and 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 another figure. Over two decades, the Pentagon has lost a hundred. I'm sorry, ten trillion dollars. I just stopped myself there for a second. I was going to hyperbolate this. Um, It's another news story that's talking about how the Pentagon has lost an absurd amount of money. Now we've been focusing a lot on the news item that over 10 maybe somewhere between 10 and 8 years the Pentagon has only lost 20 billion dollars. Now we got another story about how the over the past 10 yeah, over two decades the Pentagon has lost 10 trillion dollars.
2: They did an audit. Well, hold on, if we combine those two, right? If yeah. over the past 10 years they've lost 50 billion. Right. And over the past twenty, they've lost ten trillion. Yeah, that means in the previous decade. So not from two thousand nine to twenty nineteen, but from nineteen ninety nine to yeah. two thousand nine, they lost nine point five trillion dollars. If we can extrapolate that, I'm not sure that's a factual or a, a good thing to do. You know, but I, th-
0: I think what it means what is was the- going
2: on during that time frame.
0: Well, I mean, we're looking at you know what have what what happened before 9-11 that made them quote lose all of this money um
1: and, well, and why does
2: the what hold on yeah let's go ahead let's take a look at this Right. what is significant about the year 1999 the y2k bug yeah that's incidental the, the, what is significant about the year 1999 the what the changing of the millennium, Jay? Whose who's last year was it in presidency?
0: Listen, I'm not going to talk about that right now. I can, I need yep, to get back yep, to work. Yep. I need to get back to work so the girl hiding underneath my desk can go back
2: to work. Um, that's right, yeah, that's exactly right. So, now what happened during the Bush years? Because that's the Bush years. Yeah. Ninety nine to two thousand nine is the Bush years. He was in office from two thousand to two thousand eight. So those are the Bush he was
0: years. In, he was in office in January two thousand. Yeah, two thousand
2: one. Yep. To to January of two thousand nine. Yeah, when Obama took over. Right. So, ask yourself what happened during that time frame. What was the single biggest change See, in I... the federal government during that time frame? The biggest change. You're going to say it. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. You had them You had them knock on your fucking door and follow you around for three days, bud. DHS. The Department of Homeland Security was created during that time frame. Now, where did the funding for the DHS come from?
0: Magic. It came from nowhere. I do have to check your fact, though. I'm just going to look this up real quick.
2: Well, I, it should have come from a bunch of different sources, right? but uh, the
0: hold on department of only if this is oh this is weird because it 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 because the thing is it started as soon as i wrote i wrote in the words when did the department and then it auto auto finished november 25th 2002 that's when it officially began jay
2: mm-hmm. and what does the dhs comprise of everything it's the it's it's the fbi
0: nsa fbi Mm -hmm. nsa cia department of defense the pentagon the all of the alphabet soup fema fema falls under the department of homeland
2: defense security yep yeah right i don't even think we i don't even know if we have a department of transportation anymore because i think they just threw it underneath that i think they yeah it was the biggest biggest new creation and expansion of government in my lifetime and it was presided over by a man who was vilified for being a conservative and a believer in small government so clearly someone <laughs> yeah, somewhere that's that's, that's, that's line. whether ironic. it was whether it was the idiot from a village in texas or the rest of the world you know, passing judgment on them. Someone somewhere didn't get the memo. Yeah. Um, with the department creation of the Department of Homeland Security, there was a lot of finagling of money yeah. going on. Yeah. So, you know as well as I do, the government is this huge, massive fucking boondoggle. It's not nearly as organized as we would like to think they are. We would like to think that every single penny that goes into the government and comes out of the government can be accounted yeah. for, but let's be honest. No, that's not happening. No, that's not happening. That's not happening. It's not a black and white world. It's very, very gray. Yeah. And if you're in Washington, what department can you throw the finances under if you want to hide them and no one's going to look too closely or even understand too well whether or not it's going in there? Oh, the uh, the
0: Pentagon, CIA, CIA, mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. the entire defense department, the whole,
2: I mean, that's exactly it. So when we say the DOD has lost $10 trillion over the past two decades, let's be honest. There was a massive creation of government. There was a massive shuffling of numbers that was happening for the first 10 years of those 20, the first decade of those 20 was a lot of shuffling. So I think if you were to look at this a little more honestly, you would not say it was the Pentagon that lost the money. It was the federal government that lost the money and they're blaming it on the Pentagon because they can't, they honestly don't know where the fuck it went. Yeah. The DOD is a lot more organized than most of the government. They have to be. I think the point of the matter is
0: Jay, is that we are reminding people of this, not to just to beat a dead horse, but we want people to realize and remember we have not forgotten this. We mm-hmm. have. We're not letting this issue go. We're not going to sweep it under the rug like so many others. There are so many other news organizations that are calling this out and asking the really hard questions. The I think the point that I'm bring the reason why I bring this up is just to remind folks that we have not forgotten. This isn't. Yeah. This is an issue that we're going to keep bringing up, and we're going to keep saying, "Hey, they they." Here it is. Yeah. It's still a, it's still a story you have should not have forgotten yet. This is a story that we are going to keep bringing up over and over and over again. The Pentagon has lost now now the and the further back we go, the more we realize. First when we were looking back only 8 years, it was mm-hmm. 20 trillion dollars. Now that we're looking back 20 years it's now 10 trillion who knows if we go back further are we going to see that they've lost even more money who knows here's another news story that i think that we need to focus on here two items that seem totally separate but they are interwoven here from the new york post and there are other news stories that are talking about this employees at amazon's ring have been spying on customers and simultaneously from wired or weird Wired. Facebook's 10year <laughs> Wired. challenge is just a harmless meme, right? Where you're saying post pictures, yeah. your first and your last. And apparently they're testing some okay. face resignation. and but wait. Wait, there's even more. We have a news item here. Why is your smart TV so cheap? There's a simple yeah. reason why your smart TV is so affordable.
2: Yeah, because there's so many information. It's, is, it's, that's what all this is about. Now, the first one that Amazon Ring employees are spying on customers. Yep. That one is slightly different. Uh-huh. Again, the assumption is made. You have a camera. You can turn on whenever. You yep. Let me ask you this. Do you have a webcam in your office? No, I have. Yeah, Well, I do have one, but it has some black tape over it. Mm-hmm. Why is that black tape over it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I have read too many news stories about how they can turn your camera on without you knowing, right? And they figure- so what
2: is what is Amazon Ring? Amazon
0: Ring is a just it's it's just a standalone webcam. Yep,
2: it's a webcam with a doorbell on it. That's yep. all it is. Yeah. So, anyone who's surprised by thinking by finding out that employees at Amazon Ring have been spying on people. Yep has not been paying attention for the past at least five years because i know the whole putting the tape over the webcam thing became a big issue when ironically facebook's um the hell's his name guy in charge there mark zuckerberg mark zuckerberg when mark zuckerberg appeared on an interview on the news and he had a post-it note over the webcam on his laptop that's what broke that whole thing about oh yeah they can hack in and, and turn on your webcam whenever yep. they want yep right same thing with baby monitors if it's connected to wi-fi and they can hack into your wi-fi which most people can because it's really not that difficult a lot of people don't even change it from the right. default settings right um so those that is to me that's just an addendum <laughs> to the yeah. whole webcam thing because it's it's a webcam yep so We've known for years they can turn on your webcam whenever they want, they being anyone that has access to it. And that's a lot more people than what people think. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's the same thing why I don't own an, like, a Google Assistant or an Amazon Alexa. Yeah. And I won't, you know, um, just because I don't need them spying on me any more than they already are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. as it is, again, I hate to beat a dead horse about this, but every email you send, every direct message you send, every quote-unquote instant message or quote-unquote private message yeah. that you send, yep. those are postcards. Anyone. Oh, everybody. And they do. And they do. Anyone that they can grab onto it, they can read it. Same thing with, ironically, voice calls over the internet. VoIP Voip is a little more secure than, than an email. Right. and. Theoretically, it's more secure than a webcam, ish. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, if you're doing a VoIP call, yeah, that's that's being heard and recorded. Oh, it absolutely is. Like this, like like what we're doing right now. Exactly, and not just by you. I mean, so yeah, the Ring thing, eh, it's a story, but it's if anyone's been paying attention, it's not that big of a story, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but What's I'm- more interesting to me is the meme. Yeah, right the 10 year challenge. Yeah. The first time I saw that, I was like, Oh, someone's testing their new facial recognition algorithm. Exactly. That was literally the first thing that came into my head. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because if you follow the meme, you want a picture that is you in as close to the same position as possible. And you post the date on the first visit on the first one and post the date on the second one. And a lot of people have taken it further. Oh, this was taken at this place by this person you're providing them with a buttload of information just a metric fuck ton of information (laughs) is it a buttload or is it a fuck ton
0: that's what i want to know it's 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 this notion that oh it's all for fun it's all for fun jay it's oh let's let's see how how hard has time hit you and so it's like you know and i'm thinking about putting up a putting up a picture of of um, Tom Baker as Doctor Who from the very first episode he was in. <laughs> and then my, not my now photo is a picture of Harrison Ford in the last scene that he was in, in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Let
2: that ag- algorithm figure that shit out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite take on it was one guy took a picture of a bag of onions and he had in the grocery store Mm -hmm. and one bag had two onions in it and it was just barely hanging over the edge of the lip of the display stand. And then the other one had two onions in it, but it was dangling like almost a foot below the lip of the display stand. And it was like, this is me 10 years ago. This is me now. Yep. I get that. I get Mm. that. You know, as we get older, certain things tend to dangle a little more. Um, but no, the other thing, on this that I, I think people don't pay attention to is how many times have you answered that thing where how many States have you been to or that is? Yeah. Um,
0: no, I score haven't score
2: yourself one point for everything that you've done. Have you ever been arrested? Have you ever had a tattoo? Have yeah. you Ever blah, 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 blah. All of that stuff is data mining. Yeah. All of it. Is it benign?
0: Hmm. Depends uh, on who's so. doing it. I don't think so. I don't well, think it is benign. I don't.
2: I, well, it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily malicious either. They're testing what they're doing with those memes is they're testing algorithms. So now they can go on. They can just look for all responses to that memes, yeah. to those memes, and they can use that to say, okay, I can verify. And they don't even have to look at people's names. Yeah, I can verify my search algorithm is working. I can verify that you know all of these statistics that we're gathering in terms of how many people have been to X state or yeah. how many people have done uh, you know, traveling, all of that shit. Yeah. They can just test that kind of stuff by simply looking at the results of those memes. I don't think they're necessarily malicious by nature. However, it's like the ones I always fall victim to are the ones where how many states have you been to? Because of the curiosity factor for me. I like traveling, so for me, I I see those things. And I'm like, oh, fuck, how many states have I been to? Yeah. Damn, because I'm getting close to the 50 mark, going, having been to all 50 states, you know, I've got a ways to go before I reach Obama's 57, but you right. know, we'll give that time. And <laughs> <laughs> So, but those are, you know, anytime you see anything like that on Facebook, I'm automatically suspicious of it. Yeah. And I really should stop using Facebook, but I'm probably not going to. I don't think any
0: of us are. I think it's just, it's just too much. It's well, so, it's,
2: it's the only way I stay in contact with certain people in my life. Yeah. Really. And th- whether I like it or not, that's how it is. If I want to maintain contact with those people, I got to get on Facebook to find out what's going on. Yeah. Although uh, we do find it ironic that if you look on the Wired website uh, for the Facebook 10-year meme challenge and you look on the menu on the left that shows you how many times it's been shared, tweeted, commented and emailed. Yeah. This sh- The Facebook share is over 400,000 shares on Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's craziness. Facebook is its own worst enemy.
0: I think it, I mean, I think that it's now that people are sort of waking up to what's going on here. I think that people are, um, (sighs) I think people are starting to snap out of it and starting to realize we're, we're giving away all of this data. We're giving them all of this information and what are they doing with it? And it right. was just like, and now, George yeah. Orwell would be beating his head against the wall, realizing we're giving away the information. They're not taking it from us. They're not spying on us um, without our consent or permission. We're, we're giving this information to them gladly.
2: Yep. Well it's like we're giving up our security. Yeah. You know, we're willingly giving up our security for for what? Really? Yeah. You know, and this kind of segues me anyway into the whole smart T V thing. Yes. Um sometimes they gather data about you and it is by its nature benign. Right. Right. So like on a smart TV, what are they going to be able to gather about you in a smart TV? Honestly, Your viewing not a whole day. lot more. Your viewing habits Well, Yeah, but they're not able to gather a whole lot more from a smart TV than they have been through, like, the Nielsen ratings. What shows are being watched? Right. How many people are turning off advertising? How many people are avoiding advertising? How many people are, you know, it's just a more sophisticated information gathering system. But it's gathering and aimed at the same information that they've been doing. Now, if you're someone who watches porn on your smart TV, first of all, <laughs> good luck with that. Second of all, um, <laughs> not like you have a lot of experience yeah. with Jay. That you're, expe- you're not an expert. You're not an expert. That's what this. the internet's for. That's what telephones are for, man. I mean, come on. I, yeah. I, I can take the phone into the fucking bathroom with me. But <laughs> <the> <laughs> oh,
0: we have but, so we have so earned our explicit tag today.
2: Yeah, yeah, we have. I am sorry. I I think it's my fault. But no, it, no. I don't I don't think it's your fault.
0: I don't I don't think it's yeah, your fault. I know it's your fault. You know. <laughs> I know it's your fault. See, I used to be the one with the potty mouth, and now it's you. <laughs> I I cuz let me cuz the cuz the thing is is that once again, let's count off all the devices in our house that's connected to the internet that has our information on it. Mhm. TVs, smartphones. Doorbells now. Doorbells.
2: Smart speakers. Yeah, smart speakers. Um, Wireless. Hold on. Wireless um, light bulbs. They have wireless LED light bulbs now. Okay. So you can control them from your phone. Yeah. So now they know when it's being turned on. They know when it's being set to automatically turn on and off. Yeah. When it's manually being changed, those are that's all information. What does that tell them? When you're home, yeah, and what your behaviors are. God, yeah, um,
0: God help. They you. won't.
2: They don't know what room you're in. They just know that you've turned on a light in your home. So, ergo, you must be home at that time. Because remember, you're able to start turn that on from your smartphone. What else does every smartphone have? GPS. So they know where you are when you're turning it on and when you're turning it off. Now, who's they? Let's be honest. A house burglar is not going to have inf- access to that information. But the federal fucking government does. As we covered in previous podcasts, the federal government has back all those back doors into... The all of the smartphones, whether it's Apple or Google yeah. or Android or whatever, they have all those back doors. We know that. And we know that those companies share that information willingly. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, they and, may complain about and, it. And, but. and by the way, well,
0: you were babbling on there for a second and, and, I, and I let <laughs> the dog in. And uh-huh. uh, um, uh, do you have an alarm system?
2: I do not, but that's another thing. That's
0: another thing right there simply safe knows your comings and goings oh yeah um here, so
2: now are they are they selling that information we don't, we don't know. know yet we don't know that it would be interesting it would be interesting to find out if they are though you don't yeah i think in i think honestly it's in their best interest to not sell it yeah because if that goes out you're gonna see a lot of people dropping them, there you like go. adt forget about it so
0: anyway because i i don't know are we pressed for time today no, okay. not really. I mean, I've got, I've got a call, but it's not for a while yet. All so. right. Let me. I'm trying to get this window here. Mm-hmm. I had this prepped and ready to go. Let's see. I'm going to do this quick search. G I L. Okay. Doing a Google search here, while we're whining and complaining about. What I'm trying to. Let me think here. I want to get to. I just want to play just the commercial without anybody's, anybody, I don't want to have a commercial about a commercial before the commercial. Does that make any sense here? <laughs> yes. Let's, I didn't know
2: we had commercials. That's awesome. Well, no, we do have commercials. We did the big time. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually
0: playing this commercial right here. Bullying. Mm-hmm.
1: The Me Too the movement too against sexual harassment. masculinity.
2: Is this the best a man can get? Can you hear this? Yeah. Is it?
0: We can't hide from
2: it. Sexual harassment is taking over high- it oh, oh, I don't know why I lost. Uh, yeah, but that's the the now infamous Gillette, the best a man can get commercial.
0: Is this the best a man can get commercial? Um. Well, let me. I because this is now this is my fifth time watching this.
2: Mm-hmm. Jay. I, I watched it twice. I don't understand what's so offensive about it. Thank you. I don't get it. I, I don't either. I mean, what? It's offensive that we want to stand up against bullies. It's offensive that we don't want to be sexist anymore or racist anymore. Or how is that I don't, a bad thing? What is there to be offended about? Because the thing is, I was all jazzed up
0: to hate this commercial. I saw the commercial the first time it was like it was as if they're saying Eric, you just go ahead, you just keep doing what you're doing when it comes to speaking out against bullying and sexual harassment. Just keep doing what you're doing, Eric. You're doing a great job. I thought, okay, I, obviously there's something that I didn't see. It's yeah. a, it's attacking um it's it's a it's a it, It's a commercial attacking men who act like a-holes. And it's saying to you, don't be an a-hole. Don't be like these other jackasses. Don't be an a-hole is what this commercial is saying. This is what bothers me about myself. Because the thing is, is like if somebody... If somebody has a vulgar mouth than me, I try and be the cleaner one. But if everybody else is clean, I gotta dirty it up. Like um, <laughs> like I'm um, I'm Andrew Dice Clay channeling uh Andrew Dice Clay. Um, but uh there's nothing bad in this commercial. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not a fan of Gillette. I'm not. I don't use Gillette. I haven't used Gillette products in more than ten years because the razors are not as good as other razors I can get for cheap. Yeah, like like Henry's or Dollar Shave Club or whatever. They're Harry's, it's, yeah. Harry's, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, who cares? I don't use Gillette products anymore. What is what is it in this commercial that is so offensive? Are they trying to say that all men
2: are a-holes? No, I don't think so. No, Neither are they saying that men have always been a-holes. No. It's it's,
0: it's encouraging men who aren't a-holes to call out the men who are. Yeah.
2: You know, I mean, it's... Again, there's nothing to me that's offensive about that commercial at all. I don't get what the big deal is i don't get why people are ticked off about it i mean fucking get over yourself man if you're behaving in the in a way that they're telling you you shouldn't be behaving guess what yeah you're part of the fucking problem you know if you don't like that you know there's the hashtag me too movement maybe you've been contributing to the environment that has become so toxic that we create that the me too hashtag me too movement was even created. Yeah. You know, if you're one of those guys that works at a construction site, that's wolf whistling at every woman that walks past, yeah. mm, you're part of the problem. Yeah. I you mean, Have you ever see the movie chips? Probably. It's with Dax Shepard and um, Michael Pena. No, I haven't. I, 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 it does not, does not ring, Doesn't a, bell. ring a bell. No, he, I, I would recommend reading it in it. Remember how in the television series, Ponch was always like kind of a, a big girl crazy and a bit of a womanizer. Yeah. yeah. They play that up in the movie. Of course it's a comedy, right. but it's, it's an action comedy. And I think they did a great job with it considering their source material. Yeah. And yeah. in it, they show Ponch. He spent the night with a woman and then the woman leaves in the morning when John's there to pick him up and they kiss. And as he's walking away, as she's walking away, Ponch is like, Oh, she's so sexy. And John's like, dude, she's like a two. And Ponch says to her, What are you just evaluating her based on her physical looks? Is, is that all that matters to you? She's like an eight. She's she's confident, she's sexy. And dude, she ate my ass last night. You know, I mean, And that's I think an awesome way of pointing out the problem that created the hashtag me Too movement. Why are, why are women being evaluated based purely on their physical looks when there's so much more to a woman? Conversely, it's the same thing the other way. Yeah. You know, um, men are increasingly getting more evaluated on the books. I, I think it's always been a factor in entertainment because it's the nature of entertainment, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, you're seeing a lot more, uh, being made of how men look physically and men are being treated more like women used to. Yeah. And it seems to me that the pendulum's kind of swinging and we're reaching kind of a midway point where we're going to get to the point in, I hopefully a short period of time where we're evaluating people on the entire thing. And yes, physical looks do turn, do have a role in that, but also there's personality, there's values, there's morality and all that other stuff that make up a person. And I think honestly, the, the, that Gillette commercial is saying, Hey, we need to make a change. We're acknowledging that we're making a change and we as a company are, are proud of helping people make that change. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really don't. I mean, I just don't. I
0: don't. I mean, I don't mean to like beat up on this. Because the thing is, is that I was all revved up to see a commercial. That was going yeah. to say all men are bad. All men. Are, oh, all men are sexist pigs. All men are homophobes and racists. And uh, men are. You know, men need to stop being uh, cavemen. You need to stop being Neanderthals. You know, you need to pick up poetry reading, and you need to you need to pick up watercolors, yeah. and you know you need you need to you need to be more feminine. And it was. Like, and I look at it. And it That's was just like, it, guys, just keep doing, you know, good guys, just keep doing what you're doing.
2: Yeah. It was like we're getting and here's here's the thing. This is there's a reason why you and I are not pissed off about this, and other people are. Because that commercial, in some ways, is saying nice guys no longer finish last.
0: <laughs> but I will tell you, here's here's what I was prepared to say about this mm-hmm. commercial. Because the thing is, is that It doesn't fly being a wimp. Being a wimp and being an effeminate male does not work in modern society, and it never has and it never wills. Women do not want men who will call the auto club when you get a flat tire. Women do not want men who do not know how to do all the things that I mentioned earlier in the show. Women do not want a man who does not stick up for bullying. Against bullying, women do not want a guy who will call the police if they hear a noise
2: in the living room in the middle of the night. Women- well, I would, I would say, I would say most women, because there's some women who do. There are uh, some women who find that attractive. I they're usually overbearing themselves. They're not women worth having, Jay. Well, they're not women worth having therein therein lies the caveat doesn't it i mean both my ex-wife and my current girlfriend are very strong women yeah. they're strong-willed they're strong women and conversations that i've had with both of them over the past few months has led me to believe or realize that a lot of men are attracted to strong women yeah. because they want to assert dominance over them. They want to prove that they're a man by being able to take the strong woman and, you know, make them toe the line or or put them under their heel or whatever.
0: No, I think that whatever... I'm going to disagree with you. I think that every good good strong man, every true, genuine... That's a
2: caveat. That's a good caveat. But continue.
0: Yeah. Every... All the men who are listening to our podcasts, whether it's the Fedora Chronicles radio show or the Metaphysical Connection, um, all of us want to sort of have that like Marion and Indy or Han and Leia or name another. Oh, another another fine example: Nick and Nora from the Thin Man movies. I think that's yep. that's what we all want. We want we want a woman who's a woman. I want a woman who is a woman who likes me being a man. And I'm not talking about when I, when you talk about be a man, I don't mean like the, the, the typical male chauvinist behavior. I'm talking about being a, a true genuine gentleman, a man who will hold open a, a, hold open the car door for a woman, open doors for her, but allows her to be herself and be a strong woman. I you I, women and I'm telling you from my own personal experience confessions of a former geek and a wimp I'm telling you from my own personal experience women do not want a man who cannot take care of himself in a fight or in a time of chaos or in a time of trouble When something horrible happens, a woman wants a man who says, this is a problem that we're going to fix, and we're going to have some great stories to tell when it's done. A woman does not want a man who goes, I don't know what to do. I'm going to call my mommy, and then maybe I'll call the auto club. I don't know what to do. I forgot to take the quiche out of the oven. Oh. I don't know what to well, do. Well,
2: hold on. I've been I've I I've, I've been told that oh, a man in the kitchen doing dishes and cooking and baking is really sexy. So oh, yes. I just so that caveat yes. in there. That's that's
0: You but yeah. women do it's not. It's like
2: the old joke that women uh, porn for women is men vacuuming oh, and yeah. dusting and and oh, doing laundry. Yeah. So But at the same time, no, they I think especially in my experience anyway strong women as as you the caveat you mentioned yeah. earlier women worth having, worth being with, women worth the effort want men that are worth the effort as well. Yeah. That means that they are competent, they are yeah. confident, they are able to take care of themselves. And, you know, going through a post divorce dating is really interesting to me because I can't tell you how many times I see on the profile that they want a man who is able to be themselves and not need a woman in their lives, but wants a woman in their life. Right. And they all want the same thing. They want someone who's fun, loyal, trustworthy, and funny.
0: A woman is not looking for a man who is looking for another mommy to take care
2: of him. Right. And neither are they looking for a man who is um, looking for a sugar mama. You know? Yeah. Um, They want someone to be their partner in life. And that's, it's, it's amazing to me because I always thought, I always thought that most men were like that, but judging by the sheer number of of women that I see on these dating sites, apparently not. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, I was, I just, I guess I was raised that no, your, your wife is your partner and there's some things you're going to do better than than she is, or something she's going to do better than you are, and the two of you work together, and you you um you discuss things, and you come up with solutions to problems together. And no, it's a it's a partnership. It's not right. a you do what I say kind of thing. Right. That was the relationship my parents had. That was the relationship that me and my ex wife had. Um, that's the relationship that me and my current girlfriend have. You know, we discuss things. If if I'm having problems with something, I'll talk to her about it and she'll, well, have you tried this? Have you thought of that? And the same thing, if she's running into things, she'll bring them up to me and I'll say, well, have you thought of this, have you tried that? It's a partnership. Yeah. Equal. So, well, separate, but equal to an extent. Um, I'm a part of her life because she wants me to be a part of her life. She's a part of my life because I want her to be a part of my life. So the Gillette ad thing and ironically, she was the one who brought it out to me. It's something I'd seen, but I hadn't watched the commercial. And I was like waiting for the fervor to die down a little bit before I watched it. And she asked me about it. She's like, have you seen it? And I'm yeah. like, oh, I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. She's like, I'd be interested in seeing, hearing what your thoughts are. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this why I don't know why people are getting insulted or offended by this i really don't because i'm, I'm having a hard time
0: with that it i man ha- should be i'm having a hard time understanding why would you have a problem with this video unless of course you think that it's attacking
2: you right and if it is attacking you you need to take a look at you you know yeah see the problem eric is you and i are actually good people I'm having a hard <laughs> time understanding that. We don't that. understand that. I'm having the a hard time understanding that. Assholes, so, yeah.
0: I, like I said, I, I, I simply do not understand. I don't understand the world that we live in, Jay. I honestly don't. I don't, and I get the impression that people are looking for an excuse to be angry. I think that it was like, it's something that, I and I keep hearing this phrase over and over and over again recreational anger or recreational rage people finding a a trying to make a legitimate reason to be angry about something that is not that important it's not well it's just it's it's a in many ways it's a crappy ad it's a it's a it's a
2: crappy ad that's well, a very pandering ad. It's a
0: pandering ad. It's a but yeah. the thing is, it's it's well filmed, it's well put together, it's well edited, but it's still a crappy ad because the thing is, is that it's virtue signaling. Our sales, well, our sales are going down. Out we make shitty products that nobody buys anymore. We're making crappy product. But we're right. going to virtue signal, and we're going to send out the signal: "Hey, everybody, we're a progressive company now. We, while we make products that's mostly geared towards men, we're a progressive company. Start buying our products again because we're good people." It's like the th- well, It's like and, and Nike. And one- it's like Nike, and the yeah. and the and the and the um, Kaepernick fellow, Kaepernick. Yeah. What's his name again? Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. Whereas oh, yeah. they had this commercial where it's like, he's like, sometimes you have to stand for something even when you might lose everything. And he slowly turns around in this very dramatic sort of like this, kind of like, dun-dun-dun-dun. It's sort of yeah. like you can almost hear like a John Williams theme. bum bum yep. bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> Virtue signaling. I mean, it's it, it, it it's, you know. And by the way, I gotta know where he got that coat because that's the kind the, the coat he was wearing in that commercial would look great with a fedora fucker needs a haircut i'm sorry oh my god oh i went full fedora chronicles um when you're
2: when you when your hair sticks out from underneath the brim of your fedora you need to cut <laughs> it that's to, all there is I'm, to it but i'm just saying here it was just like our sales are
0: down we're not yeah. people are not buying well, our product as much one, as they used to one thing
2: to. i want to point out for those listening who may be listening yeah. for the first. theoretically that'll happen at some point yeah um the When we say it's a crappy commercial, commercials are supposed to sell a product. Right. And this commercial does not do that. There's nothing in that commercial that says we make the best razors and you should give us your money to buy our product. There's nothing in this commercial that says that. No. This is a commercial, as you said, is pure virtual signaling. It's purely them saying, hey, we're politically relevant people. If you buy our products, we agree with the right people so you can buy our product and not feel guilty kind of a thing
0: we make so we we make razors for men but we want women to know that we're we're good people too we know right. men are getting a bad rap but we're not all that bad if you're a woman go out and buy your good man some razors that's what they're trying that's what they're trying to say You know, and it's sort of now.
2: There's that being said. There's a couple of parts of that commercial that I've watched it twice now. Right. And there's a couple parts of that commercial where I'm like, wait a minute. Um, like you know, there's the part where you see the father holding his young son's hand, and he sees these children chasing this one kid, and he goes over and he basically defends the kid that's being chased. Yeah. And it's the one that's it's at the end of the commercial, and you see the young young kid looking up at his dad, like. You're my hero, Dad. Yeah, that's good. That's a good example. However, right. previously in the commercial, they showed a woman walking down the street, and then a, a guy goes to go talk to her, and someone happens to step out of the out of a, a door at the right yeah. moment. and Goes, whoa, dude, not cool. Right. Um, what if they knew each other? What if he was? What he, if we don't was, know? We don't know the whole story. A friend check. of his. There's times when it's appropriate to step in. Yeah, and we need to make sure that. We're doing that when it's appropriate. What, what if he was like, dude, that's my cousin. I haven't seen her in ten fucking years. Oh, if that you
0: know if I mean? the way that he was oogling that woman, if that's his cousin, we need to have a conversation about incest.
2: Well, yeah, but you know,
0: you know. there's times
2: when you Google a woman and then you realize, oh shit, I know her. <laughs> oh no. Fuck, we're related. Yeah. You know, I mean there's times. That's happened. That's happened to me. Of course, uh, I have okay. like seventy five cousins, so you know. But anyway, um that that can it's still there's times when action is required and there's times when action is not required. Right. And it's, um, it's
0: all about knowing,
2: engaging that. And that's, of, you have that's to, that's a difficult, that's a difficult message to send. And that's where personally, I think that's the role of fathers in their children's lives, not necessarily with their sons, but with right. their daughters as well. Right. Is we, we, as fathers are uniquely positioned to teach our children when to engage, when not to engage. And, um, that's not to say it's solely the father's role, but it's definitely something that men tend to do more than women. And that's just by nature. And that's not to say women can't, that's not to say women won't blah, 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 normal disclaimers here. So no one thinks I'm a sexist. It's we've, over the last four or five years, especially, probably longer than that, we've really downplayed the roles of fathers in society. And they've done a lot of research lately to determine that, well, why are we seeing these increases in things? Yeah. One thing that we see is a common thread in all school shootings. The child is from a home where they have divorced parents and either an absentee father or an uninvolved father. Yeah. Right. Like... Uh, Kleibold and and um, what's his name over in in um in yeah. Colorado? The Columbine shootings, the, yeah. really the the guys who kind of started the whole mess, right? Both of them were from divorced families. Both yeah. of them, their mothers remarried. Both of them, their fathers, their stepfathers were largely uninvolved in their life. Yeah. Um, that's a pattern. Now, it's also important to point out that. Every single indication that all of the school shooters have in common appears in millions of children who do not become school shooters, right? However, that means we just don't have the full picture. We right. know that there are certain things they all have in common, but those things are also in present in people who don't go shooting. and the only difference is not the presence of a gun because Kleibbol because uh, yeah because the Columbine shooters got those guns without their parents being aware, which I think says a lot about their parenting methods, but they were not raised around guns. No. They went out and got guns, and they got them illegally. Yeah. It was not a gun that they owned that they should have owned. So they had planned this from the very beginning, and they were breaking laws to do it. None of the current laws would have stopped any of them. Pro- the, the major problem that we have here is that we're
0: not understanding why kids – are behaving badly.
2: Well, to or we we more, will not address more to stay the real on topic. Fact. Well, more to stay yeah. on topic to what the the broader discussion is is that we know that fathers play a different role in their children's lives than mothers do. Yeah, and in households where there is not a mother present, there are cert- there tends to be certain behavioral problems in households where there is not a father present, there tends to be certain behavioral problems. And the truth of the matter is that, you know, I, there's a lot of great women in my life who have divorced their husbands for very, very valid reasons. Yeah. And that's something they struggle with because they know instinctively that they need to be mom and dad and they don't know how to be dad. Yeah. Um, I see that with, with friends and it's, it's heartbreaking to watch because, you know, they're trying. They just want to do the right thing. They want to raise their kids as best as they can. Yeah. There's a role that fathers play that women can't just pick up the slack on because they don't know how. They're not equipped for it. And right. it's because it's not something that you're trained to do. It's something that comes just from being a guy. Right. And like this Gillette commercial highlights that role. You know, bullying when we were kids was a lot simpler. Yeah. You know, a guy would push you around, call you names, whatever. You'd get pissed off. You'd punch him in the nose. Usually you'd end up friends after that. Nowadays, you, that doesn't happen. You've got cyberbullying. How, you, how do you punch someone in the nose when it's just a bunch of harmful words on the Internet? And the Internet is such a large part of our children's lives now. I mean, cyberbullying is something that really just it it pisses me off to no end. You've got kids killing themselves because people have internet muscles and they they feel they can be a bully. Yeah. You know. There was a there was a girl that killed herself. I want to say it was in Pennsylvania 4 3 or 4 years ago. Yeah. Because of cyberbullying. And come to find out one of the biggest bullies that was pushing her, in fact, the person who first told her you should just kill yourself, yeah, was being bullied in real life and he was bullying her because he wanted to feel some sense of power that had been stolen from him in his day-to-day going to school and so he took it online yeah you know he told her she was fat he was fat he told her she was ugly he was ugly he told her she was a waste of life he had been told he was a waste of life he was just repeating but, but, what he had been that's a, had see done. you
0: just jumped to my point jay this is what's true of all bullies Bullies do what they do because they're they're being abused at home. Most 99 percent of all bullies are bullies because they have because they, they feel powerless at home. they're getting kicked around at home. and they, they they need to vent somehow some way and they think it's if it's okay for me to be treated like this at home, then it must be okay to treat everybody else like this elsewhere. And, I, you know, because I'm being picked on somebody who's bigger than me at home, I'm going to pick on someone who's smaller than me here at school. That's where it usually comes from. And, and we're really not ad- we're not addressing the origins of bullying, t- to my satisfaction. We're talking about bullying oh. because, well, bullying is bad and you shouldn't do it. Well, with, well, schools, I don't think, maybe things have changed in the past couple of years, but we're not getting to the origins of bullying that I know of, to my satisfaction.
2: Well, my thing is, in in my children now, my youngest is sixteen now; he'll be yep. seventeen in just wow. a few yeah. short months. Um, the school system has abrogated any accountability or authority when it comes to bullying. When they started instituting these zero, t- zero tolerance things, yeah. Um, they said we have a zero tolerance for bullying. What that really means is we're not going to do shit about bullying. If your kid gets into a fight with a bully, we're going to punish both of them because we just don't want to fucking deal with it. Right. While at the same time, simultaneously telling us, you need to realize that we're doing more to raise your children than you are because you're working so many hours. Your children spend more time with us than they do with the, you. And that's a scary so, thing. They should never, well, ever. Well, first of all, yeah. First of all, leaving that aside. If you're going to tell me that you're more of a parent to my child than I am, don't then abrogate any parental responsibility. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. If you're going to tell that to me, if you're going to hold that over my head like a fucking baseball bat to try and guilt trip me into going into those stupid parent teacher conferences that are fucking useless. Yeah. Then, damn it, stand up and own it. Yeah, exactly. Take responsibility. And zero tolerance is not taking responsibility. Zero tolerance is not opening up a discussion. Zero tolerance is ending the discussion and avoiding the discussion. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And those are the things that pissed me off as you might be able to tell my tone change and the way I'm swearing more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But those are the things that pissed me off because I got a talking to by a principal when I told my son. Hey, if he's bullying, you punch him in the nose. It's the only way you're going to stop it.
0: And that's what they will
2: not address. Well,
0: they will not th- address it. Well, not
2: only will they not address it, but when he did sock the kid, I got pulled into school and told them that my son was being the bully. I said, well, clearly you don't have any idea of what's really going on in this situation. So, well, you understand no one thinks their child is the bully. I said, yeah, but you know, when you witness it on your own yeah. and you hope that your son actually takes that, stands up for himself the way you've taught him and you've seen it repeatedly- you pretty much know whether or not it's a bully. And I bet if you were to talk to any of the teachers involved, they know who the bully is too. But they're probably not going to answer you appropriately yeah. or honestly because you're more concerned with making sure it, whatever it is, it being a problem is resolved without you having to actually do something. They're, more,
0: they're more concerned about having the illusion of doing something correct instead of
2: actually doing something correct.
0: exactly and that
2: is a that is an extended problem i think in our society but anyway speaking of avoiding responsibility well judicial watch you know what i I, um do you think we got time i got time if you got time
0: you know what let's see i wonder if we could spend only 15 minutes on this i i wonder (laughs) if that's possible Probably not. <laughs> I think that it might be a stretch. I don't know because here here's an issue that I have with a lot of people. A lot of people talking about politics. People are under the impression that is one or the other, you cannot have both. And people mm-hmm. like to talk about the lesser of two evils as if the lesser of two evils is something that we should be aspire we should aspire to, which I think is absolutely totally wrong. Talking about the 2016 election, and I remember I really struggled, like a lot of people, before I voted in November. And I remember you and I had a number of discussions. You it. and I had a number of discussions, and and I and I joke about this, and this is and this actually happened, but I refer back to this because I think it's funny. I had said in a discussion with a with a somewhat famous author that I'm Facebook friends with. I said, I read something that made it so that this person, this candidate was ineligible to be become an office holder, period, period. And that person was like saying, well, here's something on Infowars. And I said, no, <laughs> no, it was not on Infowars. It was from back when I was leaning more Democrat. I read Hillary Clinton's book, It Takes a Village, and it terrified the funk out of me. Oh, yeah. This woman actually believes the government should take over, take control, every aspect of raising your kid. Now, she calls it a village, but what she means is the centralized government. government. This is what she means, whether it's the local, state, or federal government should have more control over how your kid is raised than you and she cited about how wonderful the government was in helping her raise chelsea and this woman is disqualified from being an office holder because she thinks that you are stupid and you should not be responsible for your own child yeah and and he says and people were like don't so why are you gonna do one? you gonna vote for Trump and I says no because the thing is is that when at the height of the Apprentice mania I went out and I read his first book Art of the Deal which he didn't write it's ghost written mm-hmm. and his other follow up book and I have it here somewhere but it's not I it's not on a shelf that I have easy access to it's his other book that was like the celebrating the 20th anniversary of the art of the deal. And I cannot even remember. Um, God, I'm, I, I, and I read these two books back to back, and I said, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. First of all, there's no... It's it, the, the art of the deal in this other book that he wrote are like... It, it, it's It's a
2: stream of consciousness about what's going on inside Donald Trump's head. I remember... When you called me and you were like, Jay, what the fuck is going on with this Donald Trump thing? Why yeah. the hell is he involved in politics at all? And I was like, Eric, it's a it's a bet. He bet the Clintons that he could run against them and and beat them. Yeah. And you were like oh, I I really wish I didn't believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh here, yeah. here we go I, no i here didn't bother I, I need to throw this caveat out there unlike you i did not bother reading trump's books They're, i've seen it, him it, yeah I've, I've heard him appear in radio spots with don imus yeah um i mean this is well before he got involved in the birther movement which yeah. ironically was started by the clintons um it started by hillary during the f- by hillary it, back, during, in back in 2007. mm-hmm um I saw him on Don Imus back in the 90s. I, I yeah. heard him on radio programs and saw him on news. And the one thing that I came away with every single fucking time I saw him on television is, oh, my God, how the hell did that man make so much money?
0: Uh, he he, he um, got it the, the American way. He inherited it. Um, yeah. And the book- he took a few million dollars and turned it into some serious money. By investing it in other real estate and ripping people off. And also, you have to read this book, America, and the Farewell Tour. Read the part about, about the Taj Mahal. And it's scary. It's it, it will keep you up at night. The book that I'm talking about is Trump, Think Like a Billionaire, which is one that he wrote with somebody else. It is a, it's a awful... The
2: irony being he's not a billionaire and it, never has been. It's
0: an awful book. It's an awful... He has some great advice, but it is an awful book, and it gives you a perfect insight into the stream of consciousness inside Donald Trump's head. And the thing is, here's two horrible candidates from 2016. They were both horrible candidates. She lost the electoral college to an orange amphibian. Okay, so, and the thing is, and, 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 and right now, the biggest news of the week are more leaks coming out about the Mueller probe and what we're finding out about the Mueller probe. And another story that we're going to link to on the page is that one of the things that nobody is paying any attention to is how the Russians were simultaneously, these Russian agents were simultaneously working with lobbyists who target Democrats. We're talking about how a former KGB agents were trying to get their fingers into everything. It's not just Donald Trump. The whole bit, if if it's true about Donald Trump, it's bad and it's awful. There's also Mm -hmm. another great article um, from Wired, about how either Donald either Donald Trump is stupid and he didn't realize he's being played, or he's a Russian agent and he always has been. Either way, and and the fact that he's he's stupid and is obtuse is actually worse if he's an actual Russian agent. But there are many other stories out there that we're going to link to. That's going to say that these bad agents, these Russian agents, were trying to work. The system trying to work both sides against the middle. I mean, I mean, what do you mean the, the middle? I mean the electorate. I'm talking about the middle and the working class here in the United States. Yeah. And it was just like the whole thing about everything about Donald Trump is bad, but it's the tip of the iceberg that people are right. not talking about.
2: And well, again, what it, what it boils down to is the 2016 election was a failure of America. Yeah. Because had the citizenry of America been paying attention to, to politics and their political candidates the way they should have been, right. n- it would not have been a choice between Trump and Hillary.
1: Yeah.
2: Hillary should never have been a front runner. Trump should never have been a fucking candidate for Trump runner. Yeah. For, for, uh, for, um, yeah, front runner, Trump runner. Ugh. So the problem comes in is that you've got too many people in the United States who don't pay any attention to politics whatsoever. Yeah. None. And they've decided that, you know, the Democrats or the Republicans are their team, just like, you know, the Patriots or the, the, you know, the Red Sox or, I don't know, I don't pay attention to sports. Anyway, they pick teams and they follow the teams. Now, one thing I've never understood is that team loyalty in sports because the names change. I understand if you're following a team because yeah. it has your favorite player on it, but then your favorite player changes teams and you get mad at your player for leaving your favorite team. Yeah. Fuck it, follow the player. You know? Okay. Um yeah. But but we do the same thing with our politics. We view it like it's a sport. Except there's a lot more serious consequences. If your team loses a Super Bowl, you get bummed out and hope, well, next year will be our year. Yeah. This in politics, if your team loses, there are consequences. And I've spoken to people, you and I have discussed this numerous times. We've spoken to people where they, you discuss what they believe in politics, and you find out who they vote for, and you just look at them, and in the back of your head you're going, you realize you voted for someone who completely disagrees with you on every single thing you find important, right? Yeah. And I saw it in Massachusetts. I see it here in Utah. Yeah, I saw it when I lived in Illinois. I saw it when I lived in Virginia. I saw it when I lived in New Jersey. These, and in, in California too, these that's people. That's yeah. the nature of people. They would rather pay attention to the letter after the name, the parenthetical letter after they the do. name yeah. to determine if they're going to vote for them, When that doesn't mean anything. A, a, a Republican that is electable in the state of utah is not a republican republican that is electable in the state of montana no because utah is becoming less and less red yeah as the, as the population grows just like the nature of everything else when population density grows the state turns more blue and less red yeah that's just the way it goes And Utah is in another 10 years going to be a, um, a, what do they call them? When they, they switch, they don't always go Republican or Democrat. Um, whatever. Right. Yeah. That, you know, it's in within 10 years, that's going to happen in Utah because the population is growing. The population density is growing and the density of population is all within the greater salt Lake area. So from Ogden in the North To Provo in the South, over 70% of the population, I think it is, if I remember correctly, of the state is in that area. Yeah. It's the same thing in Massachusetts. Most of the population, over 60, 70% of the population, is in Boston and its environments. It's all within the 495 Beltway. When you look at California, San Francisco, LA, Sacramento, San Diego, All the population of those areas outnumbers the rest of the state. Um, You know, and when you have that kind of population density disparity, you've got a lot of people in California who absolutely despise the Democrats. They absolutely despise them. They despise the, the liberal, progressive political ideology, but they're outnumbered because the high population density areas do love them. So, I mean, again, this is this is why the Electoral College exists so that and I I love getting the arguments with people like, so you think someone who lives in Montana, their vote should mean more than my vote. And I say yes, because the way you're talking, their vote doesn't matter at all. Yeah. So I would rather they have value than no value because your vote still matters and their vote still matters. You get rid of the Electoral College and it's just a population vote strict popular vote that's called first of all mob rule second of all that is pure democracy which we are not we are a representative republic yeah you know and you can go into all the things but what it boils down to is everyone's political opinion is i want the political system to be engineered in such a way that i win yeah and it's that's not it's not politics. Politics is about finding the middle ground so that you win you get some of what you want and I get some of what I want. Yeah. And there's certain hot button issues that no one wants to concede over. And you see it like the gun control debate. You see it in abortion. You see it in um, welfare and now the fucking border wall. I don't think a fucking wall is going to change a bloody fucking thing at no. the border. I really don't. No.
0: And and the thing is is that God? I, I want to be careful how I say this because the here's this is the upsetting thing. If you create media, everybody is on the bubble. You can say something that could irritate the crap out of people, and you will lose an audience if you take a, if you take a stand on something ridiculous. Um. And it's something. It's something that we have faced time and time again here on on this podcast, and we've 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 dealt with this issue elsewhere. The idea of self censorship. People are afraid of saying something that people are going to misconstrue as being offensive and deplatform those people. The pro- the biggest problem that we have right now facing this country is not the border, not the budget, but it's partisanship people are not willing to step outside of their party boxes and do something that's right for the country everything is about you have everything has to be every day is like is the super bowl you have one team versus the other team and who scored the most points to win the day but who always loses the people who always lose are either the taxpayers or the voters, obviously both. But the people who always wind up losing, it seems, are, the, are people, the people who shouldn't. Are the people who have the have it seems to me as if it's very rarely will the government pass a law that will help people keep more of their money or not lose their houses. There are yeah. all, Everything is about how can we serve our donors better? How can mm-hmm. we serve, how can we, everything revolves around the donors. Congress people get in there and the day after they're sworn in, they have to start campaigning and fundraising for the next, and they spend more time fundraising than they, for the next election than they do actually at their jobs. So many, there's so much media out there that talks about this issue. Congressmen only focus on getting reelected and they vote on things that are big, huge ticket items. They can say, hey, look, this is what I'm doing for you. I voted for this. But most of the time when they should be reading bills or they should be on committees and finding out what's going on elsewhere, they're, they're fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, the, how can we cannot fix this problem the way it is? Because everybody has this mentality. Like so many people on the left said, were saying this past election season, vote blue no matter who. Not I realizing that. that there are people out there who, who are blue, quote unquote blue, who should not be in office anymore. I feared, like somebody like Gene Shaheen is going to get another six years in office despite the fact that she will not do anything besides demagogue people who are from the other party that she doesn't belong to. That's well, my concern. I think it's
2: important to realize that there are people who consider themselves to be politically astute who consider that to be a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the the problem comes in is that it's to not beat a dead horse, even though I, I, I probably will. Yeah, you I, know, I, th- we need I blue. think, yeah. You know, the the problem comes in is we have people who are not paying attention to politics. They are not paying attention to who they voted for and what that person is doing after they've been voted for. Yeah. I know who my representative is at the state level and at the federal level. I've not met the man personally or met the men personally, because they happen to be men in my case. Um, but I do know at the federal level, I know how he votes. And he votes frequently. He votes consistently. Yeah. And for the most part, I agree with, with the way he votes. Now, I fall victim to the same thing everyone else does. Someone chooses to run against him in the next election. Am I going to vote for him or her? I don't know because I don't know how they're going to vote. And I'm not dissatisfied enough with my current. Representative, to want to kick him out of office, but he's been in there for twelve years. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that's a little long, but his performance is not bad, in my opinion. So, do I vote him out just on the principle that he's been there too long? That's tough, Jay. That's it tough. Is.
0: That's tough. But and we're we, but the. We got off freaking topic. So the of course thing is, we did. Is that we need, we need you guys to look at this? Talking about from Judicial Watch, federal court orders discovery on Clinton emails, Benghazi scandal, and the thing is, is that the issue with Hillary Clinton is not resolved yet. And yeah. and it, it, yes, she's no longer out of office. Chances of her running again for president, I think are I think today are very very slim. I don't think oh, she's, no, she, I don't think she's, she's running, running. It's whether or not she's going to get support. I uh, She's absolutely running. You and I can have you and I can disagree on this. I think that with so <laughs> many Democrats coming out and saying that they're running, that I think I think Democrats have a better chance to beat Trump if Hillary is not running. But the, I agree with you on the, that, the, but the, I the, I, the I know issue.
2: she's going to run because she can't not run. Okay.
0: Yeah, you know, what I, I mean?
2: mean, and there there is a lot of people that are going to support her just because they feel "quote unquote" it's her turn. Remember how you and I, I felt know. about Bob Dole running because it was "quote unquote" his turn, and I didn't vote for him for that reason. Neither did I? Just exactly right. Um, you know, so and I think that's she's going to vote. She's going to run. She's going to run. I mean, she's she's going to run.
0: But the whole thing, the whole thing about Judicial Watch going mm-hmm. after Hillary Clinton. Is because we're looking at a a former candidate, and uh, for president of the United States, the former Secretary of State and a former senator, has done some things that are very very sketchy. We're also also do not forget the whole pay to play. People were donating to the Clinton foundations in foreign governments were paying tribute to the Clinton Foundation giving them donations in the hopes of preferential treatment from the State Department when Hillary Clinton was running. That's a charge that has not been resolved yet. And I think that there's a lot of people who are going to be, who need to keep looking at this and saying what crimes were committed just because this person is not out of office. And I'm telling you something, if Donald Trump resigns because the Mueller probe unearth something i hope that if he if he resigns i hope they still prosecute him because there is the whole notion of once they're out of office they're no longer a a hazard to everybody no they did a bad thing and they need to be they need to be judged and and disciplined for that and i and i hope that they keep going through with this and whether it's the mueller probe i hope i i hope i I hope that they see this thing through the end. Because we're talking about the President of the United States who may be doing something very illegal and treasonous. Same exact thing with Hillary Clinton. I hope hope that they plow through this. I hope they keep at it and seeing. Get to the bottom of what really happened. And if they broke laws, prosecute them. So is there anything else, Jay, that we need to to ramble and, and, and,
2: and, and babble just, just about? Just one, one last topic and then I gotta I gotta get going. Okay. You, this is something you sent me where researchers successfully turned breast cancer cells into fat to stop them from spreading. Personally, I th- I find the technology involved here fascinating. I love the fact that they've run the tests on lab mice. And it looks very promising. I love that they're using already FDA-approved drugs for it, which means if this does make it to human trial and does succeed in human trial, it'll be really easy for them to actually bring this about as a treatment for breast cancer. But most importantly, I like the concept that if you get breast cancer, it means you get bigger tits. <laughs> so <laughs> bigger. I'm an ass. I am an ass. <laughs>
0: Bigger, healthier breasts, Jay. Bigger and healthier breasts. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, now that we have proven once again nothing's changed in Jay, for another week we have proven <laughs> that Jay is still a pervert. <laughs> Jay will take any topic and somehow turn it into he loves the big memories. So... Anyway, Jay, I'm not even going to ask you if you have any final thoughts because we know what your final thoughts are. So, anyway.
2: (laughs) Jay, thanks for another great show. Thank you, Eric. It's always always a blast. I appreciate it.
1: This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. You can be a part of the Metaphysical Connection by subscribing to the Fedora Chronicles Network on Twitter through at Fedora Chronicle. There you will find jazz era counterculture, vintage threads, lost history, conspiracies, the paranormal, and space news. You can also join our Facebook group at facebook.com, groups, the Metaphysical Connection. Both platforms are great ways to join our growing community, connect with other friends of the show, and find out what's coming up in next week's episode. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them. Yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash fedorachronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. This is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on.